0: Hey guys, welcome, this is Desiree Lewis, welcome once again, I am back with another episode of Trap in the Body, Controlled by mind that don't give a damn, yes, today is March the 20th, 2021, and I want to give a shout out to my second one, daughter, Zakia. it is her Birthday today, yay! Happy birthday, darling. Mommy loves you. I don't care how old you get. You're gonna always be my baby girl. And with that said, let's get into this episode. Jumble. Yeah. Hi guys, how you been? Haven't seen you in a while. Again, I'm going to always apologize for the distance between these episodes because I'm all over the place trying to find my way I fit in. Yeah, I'm all over the place trying to find out where I fit in. And that's okay because I'm a woman of many gifts and talents. And after suffering the coma, I have lost my identity. Which is a good thing because that was the false me. Because I was not living in my true inheritance as a child of God. So now that I'm walking in my inheritance as a child of God, I have the opportunity to rediscover, redetermine, re-event, re 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 all the re's you can think of as God elevate me into, or transform me into the woman of God. He intended for me to be from the get but that doesn't change why I am invented this podcast. Because the interim of all of this godly, righteous lifestyle. I still fall short of the glory of God and I may curse you out, threaten to throw tea in your face and I will not go as far as inviting you to my boo-boo. That's a no-no. I do have that much control, at least I think, with my anger issues. <coughs> yeah. So I'm still um, dealing with this forgiveness piece about uh, forgiving my siblings. And I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Lord knows I I'm, I have a double heart about it. And uh, unstable mind is uh, unstable mind is with the scriptures. You guys fill it in. I'm not a Bible scholar, but I know what I'm talking about. And because I still deal with the ponderance of my thought, the aftermath of the coma, it takes me a minute to get my thought out when I'm trying to remember something. So I'm not gonna take that time to try to post the scripture that you guys know what I'm saying. So I will figure it out, and we're gonna move right along. I am not healed, so again, I have the tendency to lash out, act out, especially when you're coming at me too hard. I thank God that I do have control up to that point at which I am in my growth. So I have work to continue to do because I am a work in progress. So I got into an argument with my brother, I got into an, an argument with my brother, I have to slow down and pronunciate the words for you, um, dramatically correct speaking people, so you can hear every verb, every consonant, every T, every I, <laughs> I like to hear from them. don't pay me no mind, I am not really kidding you because I do like to be clear in my communication. <coughs> so my brother and I got into an argument. Every time I try to tell my story. I start coughing. You know. And that was a lie. I'm going to tell you now. I am wearing a. a, 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 a mm. The thing in your nostril. When you are receiving gas. Oxygen. On the 24-7. That's why I wear. That's a lot weird. This is how the devil attempted to try to keep the word of God from proceeding in my mouth. Both my lungs are damaged, are ruined, but healed in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. So I'm living out the manifestation of my lungs in this healing process to manifest in the earthly realm. So my brother I, so that's why I'm, I'm making a point. That's why I'm coughing. Like, I, I, I made a point, like, that's why the enemy's trying to get me to cough and start choking. That's, see, I lose my, I lose my throat, perhaps, and I come back. So, um, yeah, you might hear me hacking and <coughs> Trying to, um, uh, prevent myself from coughing. And that always happens when I try to talk about my story. Because enemy really doesn't want me to share. Because he do not want you to know that as I've been suffering, you can to be set free and delivered, saved, sanctified, and prepared to live eternity in heaven with our Lord Jesus Christ and Father and be on the right side, celebrate with the angels. Hey, Michael! Yeah, I wonder what my heaven name is going to be. Mm. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, have you ever thought about that? What your um heaven name going to be? Wow, that's an amazing thought. I would never have thought about that four years ago prior to the coma, actually it's almost four years, because I was not where I am in Christ right now, and I want to encourage you guys who are just vainly, or no not vainly, vaguely living as a Christian, to jump on board and catch up, catch up, put those foolishness behind, and observe your surroundings. And know that the book of revelations is true and we are living it right now so my brother and i got into an argument yesterday so they argue i respond then i react according to how mad i get after you won't stop after a period of time and you want to keep going keep going i give you the benefit of the doubt But when I see that you keep going on and on and on and on, on, then I radar stalk and I go into survival mode and defense mode because now I see you deliberately trying to hurt me because you just won't stop. You just keep going deeper and deeper and deeper. And that's what happens when a person can't hurt, hurt you and they realize they can't really hurt you with the things they say, but they are hurting because they can't hurt you, so they go deeper. They keep going into so different areas of your life. They have you may have once wore a scar, or may have once been damaged in, and they want to throw that in your face and just just keep going. You know, my brother went as far back as over 30 years when I used to get high for cocaine. They tried to throw it in my face yesterday. Oh, was it yesterday? It was yesterday morning. So I had to fire my worker the day before yesterday, which I got him through my brother. And, and I was in the bathroom yesterday, and I was thinking, like, Lord, what was I thinking about? Why would I hire someone who was just working for my brother and only been home for one month? What makes me think someone would come here and be different? Like his whole group of people that he associated with is not, uh, I'm not gonna say i a level. Because I don't want to sound arrogant, but it's not on the same path and journey as where I am. So, our thinking is bad, different, our goals are different, and, and things of that nature. I don't like when people say they're not on my level, because that does make it seem like, you know, you put yourself above people. And, you know, Lord knows he, he does not like people to exalt themselves and, you know, and, and arrogance. God hates that. He hates that. So, just be mindful, guys. Just be mindful of so. Yeah, so um, uh, the thing was, he uh, you know, because I don't get out much, you know, I'm in the wheelchair, it's been when I'm isolated from the COVID. I've been in the nursing facility since January 2020 up until September 2020, and now I'm in my apartment. I moved in my apartment September the 24th, and I'm I basically here all the time by myself, unless the workers are coming into work and they work from um. 8 a.m. to 12 noon, uh, five days a week, and then one day a week, they work 9 a.m. to 3. Um, And then after that, I'm always constantly in my apartment alone. Every now and then, you know, my brother might come through, but you know, my brother, he has his life, he has his life, you know, and so... I guess she's one of the... Uh, I was crying a little bit. At the, you know, I was talking a little bit about, you know, um, after, the, you know, I uh, fired my worker and my brother and I got into some conversations about it, and I felt like my brother was leaning more to his side, and it just got me in touch with my pain, like how my family always believed outsiders before they would believe their own sibling, they would do for an outsider before they would do for their own family, and I was like kind of like feeling the like a little bit of the sting of it when um, my brother and I was talking like, and you know, and, you know, he just made reference, like, well, you had, like, um, at least eight workers, which I didn't, he was just exaggerating, or just, in his mind, eight. And he said, and you was in all, and he heard this from somebody, because my brother has been talking to somebody, and somebody said this to him, and he's repeating it to me. And you are in all of those relationships. Who do you think the problem is? And I said, them. You're not gonna, I, I, I know how to own my, my stuff. But so my brother doesn't think the way I think. We come from two different, we are on two different ways of thinking. One is because I don't allow people in my life to abuse me and uh, um, and keep letting them in and out. And I don't need people to feel, um, I don't need people around me that I think need me so I can run to their aid. And I get my validation because that's who my brother is. And this is observation. It's not gossip. It's the truth. I have to tell my story. And this is my story. And if my brother's and family want to tell theirs, they get a podcast and tell theirs. And until then, this is my story. My brother is in a position where he still puts himself in a rough path to live up to this, to this image that he had developed from himself. Because he, why? He maintains a very good credit. And two, he gets a monthly disability like everybody else. But he's very, very good with managing money. And then with the good credit, he always has access to get money, loans, whatever. And but he's still enslaved to it because he constantly have to maneuver this and maneuver that and work this and whatever to keep his score above like in the 800s he is really really good with it but it still affects him in other area of his life because he does have to live up to an image you know and then you have people that are needy that to them he's all this which really and he doesn't really know that he is just like them and i you know so he needs people to be around him that needs him so he could run to their aid and feel fine, And then, like in an intimate relationship with him, he controlled the women, you know, by uh, uh, taking back the thing that they use them for, to get control, to have them lashing out. And it's, it's really insane, and this is really, you know, not about him, it's about my life, but I'm painting the picture so you can see how the interactions between us would go. See, and then those people are in and out of his life constantly. And he will let them back in. They argue for us, for I am different. The minute you show me that you are not for me, and the minute I see your heart, now, I know certain behaviors are workable, forgivable, and everything, but there are behaviors that I know that's coming from the heart and it's out to hurt me and get me. I do not receive them back in my life. So he wanted to take me out, he wanted, he didn't understand, you know, why I fired the guy and and, and and why I won't take him back. And I told him all the things, the reasons why, because of the things I just told you, and I said I won't be able to trust him again. You, you, you understand what I'm saying? Because he deliberately set out to sabotage his work day because he didn't want to work. He, I'm used to, you know, I'm used to allowing him to just come in and work his own pace. Set the tone of how he wants his day to go as long as the job get done before he leaves. You know, but this particular day, and since he got his stimulus check and his income tax return, and one day his behavior has changed. He's not even really focused on being up me, being a priority. He's half ASS doing what he has to do for me, you know, because he wants to jump back on his phone and go shopping. You understand? Because now he has money to shop online. And so, this, the day after he got his stimulus check, he came in and I was getting dressed to go out. And there was a, a boomerang in his day, but he couldn't really get too upset about that because it was a doctor appointment he had to go. So he was, well, I was on a doctor appointment. He wasn't in the vicinity of a writing. He wanted to go put money on his card. And so he was just really not there. Like, and his presence wasn't like, not there with me at the clinic. And when you are on the clock, you are still getting paid to be my companion as well. So I was talking to him about this guy that texts me or whatever. And I'm in the middle of a conversation while I'm waiting for my transportation to take me home. And he got a phone call. And he blatantly answered the phone call and I started talking to this person right in my face as I was talking. And I was like, hey, wait a minute. Did you understand what I thought you did? I said, I know you didn't. I'm whispering now. I didn't get loud because, you know. I said, like, oh, I said that's not cool, I said, I would never do that for you, I said, all you have to do is say, excuse me, Dad, let me take this call, or whatever, but you just, you know, um, just, and then as I'm um, explaining this, he, um, get a little bit louder in his conversation, like, to talk above me, and, like, and then I paused for a second and got quiet. And he was really still going on with his conversation, like, like, F what I was saying. And then so I said it again, and I was like, and then he's like, let me, like, 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 I'm wrong. You know, let me uh, uh call you back when I get off work. You know, just all hype and uh, angry and whatever. Like, I am wrong. You are on the clock, sir. I was talking to you. You are my companion right now. You talk to your friends on a down moment or when you get off. And I am not strict with the, the um, cell phone or anything like that. But what happened is, because I allow them to be so free, not him, even people fight him, which I want to use, on my might touch base with a couple of them, to be free in the way they move on the little four hours because we're all adults. So I'm not going to dictate to you how to do everything. You know what I'm saying? When you show me that you're responsible and you can do get your job done, I don't mind if you sit back some time and go on the phone, or I don't mind if you sit back some time. We watch a TV show together. And, you know what I mean? I don't if you can go throw clothes in a washing machine and come back and you know and remember that it's in there. I don't mind if you you know talk to somebody on the phone. I don't mind, but you still have to be able to do two things at one time. But if you can't. If I have to remind you, hey, you got to get your clothes saying, hey, you got the food cooking, hey, you got to turn that foot. If I have to remind you to do all that, then you don't need to be on the phone. Or, I need to get me another walking. So, my brother, yeah, I have I, I, I talk a lot. Y'all probably say, okay, get to the point. I know what you mean. Get to the. I know what you mean. So, I guess when I started... Feeling kind of melancholy because it's, it, t- it, it, it everything's back over to the issues that I'm having with my family, you know. And I was telling him how I feel about how, I feel like you're not for me, you're against me, just like you know XYG, And I start naming my sister and different people in the family, and blah, blah, blah. And he like, oh, cry, blah, blah, blah. And then so I guess to console me, he was like, oh, you want to go to the mall tomorrow? We can go to the mall. We can go um to the market. Not so much the mall, but the market. And, um, you know, I'll go through it Because I haven't been out And then we can go drop the pictures off For the UPS, whatever And get out get some ears So we even discussed that I wouldn't take my wheelchair I would take my walker Because it would be less hectic Um, instead of taking the wheelchair And blah, blah, blah So the next day come. And, and I you knew I could tell when people were setting up the stage. The, the Holy Spirit would always warned me when the game was coming, because it was like eight something in the morning. It was raining. So, oh, it's raining! You still want to go shopping? It's eight o'clock, eight thirty morning. You know we have a whole morning to go for me to determine that. You know how much the weather can change in, and uh, and a couple hours after you know go back to sleep and catch up with some more rest. So he left out around 11, skip on. he left out around 11, 11, he called me, he was going all day, didn't ever come back, I had just cooked some breakfast, he laid out a mattress in my floor, because I have a mattress, because it's the one big room. and he was going to lay back down to his landlord called, so the mattress was in my living room floor all day, and I i actually trying to catch up with some rest, so 5 o'clock comes, the phone rings, I wake up, Hey, sis, you want some pizza? You know, I'll be here soon. I said, yeah, so I'm going to get some pizza for, for dinner. I'll be there soon, just me an hour or two. Okay, I can handle that. Because I was still sleepy. I was going to go back to sleep. But I went back to sleep and woke up at 10 something. And he still wasn't here. So I know my brother. I know my brother. I know him so well. So I was like, this is not going to be a little drop-off convenience spot for him. He's not going to use my spot for whatever he wants. That's a whole nother story, why he's been staying here. But I see that you just want to leave out and then, then come back when it's time to leave here. And then anything you promised me, you want not come through. So, and this is what happened. So I said, listen, I've texted myself, listen, don't come over tonight. Because I was upset, disappointed. And I know how I can get it, especially when I try. Because I know even trying to confront him is it's not easy, you know, because... They don't like to take ownership of anything so i text him. my said, don't come i'll talk to you tomorrow don't come tonight let's come tomorrow we'll talk tomorrow so uh, like eleven thirty, he come in he has a key and i see him come. he comes in has a box of pizza in hand i was asleep and he's like oh um i was thank god you didn't come in because i had just put some nuggets and onion rings in the oven and munch on because mind you i'm waiting for him to bring the pizza all night so i had to eat something so i dozed off by the time he came in And he's like, oh, I cut the oven off, you know. And I was like, oh, shoot. I should and I was like, I just, and I realized I wasn't asleep that long. And I said, well, that's the food. I mean, so I went back there to turn it on. You know, he had a teacher. I didn't say anything about the night or whatever, you know, and um, because I was upset. And I didn't want to open my mouth. I wanted to just eat and go back to sleep, you know. So, then I dozed back off, he dozed off, and I woke up again, oh my God, then I go to sleep. my food's still in the oven, now my food's overcooked. So, I'm really pissed off know. so, um, what should I do? Did I eat something else and just went to sleep? I salvaged what I could over the overcooked food, and I think I did, just go back to sleep. So, when the alarm clock went off in the morning for him to wake up, to go to work, uh, while he was ironing, I said, you know, yesterday you said you was going to take me to the market, you know, and, um, as soon as I said that, he cut me off. He like, It was raining. I was like, I was like, I'm gonna go to the market. I said, Whenever the, uh, whenever the rain stopped people from going to the market, I said, Then it wasn't raining all day. Well, I had to clean my uh, one, apart, one excuse after the next, right? Well, I had to clean my apartment. I said, It don't take all day to clean your apartment. Well, I'm just only one man. I was like, um, I said, Man, there's all excuses. There are excuses. Well, you woke up this morning and speak. you miserable. You want to argue. I said, I am going want to argue. I said, I just made observation. Now, you're trying to argue because instead of you just own up to what you, you know, instead saying, argue right after all, I apologize, whatever, we can move on, you want to start calling names like a child, you know, think, oh, that's why you don't have no worker now. You always want to argue. And then get, uh, uh, you're miserable. You're in this apartment by yourself. You need a man. Oh, just going on. He's nonstop all the way to 30th like just going deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper and so at one point i was starting to get i started got, i got angry and of course after a period of time you won't stop then i start digging back and i go harder i go harder. my brother was shot in the neck he dropped out of school in the 10th grade is lower than that probably that's my brother can't read he write like a lesson in kindergarten you know what I mean? And then he has a long-term effect on his brain from a drug that he used to use. You know you understand what I'm saying? And so I went dig, I went hammering him on all that. You know, and then he's trying to pick up my kids. And I have to remind him that you got kids that you ain't take care of. And then the whole time this was going on, I'm feeling ill in my spirit because I know I am not supposed to be behaving like this. And then in the same time, my pride, eventually I did stop, eventually I did stop, I just had to stop because I was getting sick of myself by allowing myself to be caught up into this pitiful, pitiful situation that God has removed me from for years. You know that I stayed away from my family and, we, and I went on, and I just went on about my life, and I would come together with them doing events and everything. But to this day, my family really, really don't know the changed person that I am. They never didn't even know me then when they started disliking me. You understand what I'm saying? Because they were too busy disliking me and not knowing me for my genuine self. You, you understand what I'm saying? But, and just and, and busy hating me. You know, because I was brought up in a household where they felt like my parents treated me better than them. So I was grew up in a household full of lies jump brothers and sisters who didn't like me or was jealous, whatever. But I didn't know that my brother, except my oldest brother, my oldest brother, I, I hurt my oldest brother's feelings. And if I, we ever get into that story, you know, we will one day. But I really hurt my oldest brother, and so, but I know he was jealous. My brother was proud of me going out. He was proud to tell people I was his sister. But my other ones, my other siblings and stuff, they, I didn't know that the boys were jealous of me, too, until, I think this was a recent discovery, until um, I came off the coma, after the coma, after the coma that's when guys started revealing that the boys was always jealous too and then i look back on things i see how they were now i knew that they used to always you know come on get, i heard not always from time to time i heard them complaining to mommy and them behind they treated me you know and like i got treated better than and everything but they never went as far to show their disdain for me like my sister did all my life All I get from my sister are disdainful experiences. You know, in between the times that um, we might've spent together as a family or we did hang out, you know, as we became adults and stuff, you know, and people never knew that that situation was going on because it wasn't something that, it was brought to the street. It had to be something that I shared with a close friend or somebody, you know, only if I'm going through something. I just never walked in My sister jealous of me. And I never said that. I just knew she didn't like me. I didn't know it was jealousy. I promise you. I did not know it was jealousy until I became a young adult. i say maybe about 20 years ago. I was in my early recovery. No, I was later on in recovery. Maybe 10 years in recovery. You know, and it was one of the members of the, um, the recovery process that I was going to. They had to tell me, your sister is jealous of you. I'm like, what? I was so flabbergasted, said, your sister is you. I said, oh, she tells me. I'm the one that, now I didn't know that they was the addict too. I didn't want to have to go through, I didn't want to choose to go through and get some help. And you know, get, get for my addiction. And they were just so happy to stop that particular drug, but still use alcohol or marijuana throughout their life. But me, I had to go, you know, you know. I went into a program and lived drug-free, you know. And so my life took off in that area, and that's where my family and friends came from. And that's where all my support and love came from. I was estranged from my family all those years, but not out of sight because I was still coming up to family functions or, you know, if I was driving, I'd drive in the neighborhood, pull up, whatever. But as far as them, like, knowing how recovery and the program and counseling and stuff changed me, they never got the opportunity to get to know me because they still dealt with me how they dealt with me as a kid or how, you know if that makes any sense and i truly believe if my mother knew how to deal with addiction and love me through it we with loving and the kindness then my siblings really would have known that but i think they learned how to be aggressive towards me watching how my mom treated me when I was sick in my addiction, and, she, and I'm not blaming her. No, Lord knows I never blamed her. Never said she was wrong for the way she handled. Never talked about my mother. Never let that hold me back. But my mother was hurt most of all that she saw me in my addiction because I was her oldest daughter, and she wanted so much more for me than she did for herself. You know, my mother back then they had 12A and 12B for grad in the high school. My mother got the 12A. And never graduated high school. I think she started having children. Whatever happened, all she had to do was complete 12B, finish high school, and then go on with her life. I think marriage and becoming a parent interrupted there, and my mother just did not want that for me. So when I look back on our life experiences, my mom actually was trying to live her life through me. That's why I don't I don't remember even having dreams and aspirations you know because I was so busy trying to be everything that my mother wanted me to be so I didn't know what I wanted to do and be like by the time I graduated high school my mother had the plans for me you know you go to the she wanted me to leave my I had the baby she wasn't upset I had the one child she was she was welcoming the other child but she wanted to keep my one child and so wanted me to go into the service and get an opportunity to travel the world and 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 I didn't I just felt like you know, I mean, if she would have prepped me for it, it's not like, you know, the school started prepping me for, well, what you gonna do in ninth grade? I mean, my mother wasn't active in that part of my life. You know, if my mother was active and came up to the school and, you know, went to, and met the school, college counselors, and, but she didn't know because her parents didn't do that with her. You know, so if I had that guidance, I would have had something to look forward to when I graduated high school. It was like I graduated high school and then, like, I mean, even though it was going on in my school, the influence comes from your parent. You know, so I didn't go to those things like other kids of mine went, but their parents was with them. So when they had those events in my school, I didn't go. I was running, you know, playing around with my friends and that's high, being in high school, after school at the mall, and all that kind of stuff. So by the time I graduated high school, I wasn't interested in traveling and everything. I felt like I needed a break. I just wanted one year just one year and I'll go back to school, I'll go in the service, whatever. And she promised me that one year would turn into two and a two and three and three. And she was absolutely right. I graduated high school in 1982. And the first time I stepped my foot into a college for myself was 2021. Yeah, it's yeah, 20, 21 as now. 2001. That was 20 years ago. You know, so back to that, you know, so I started digging in my brother, the bottom line that, you know, he said some mean things about my kids and, you know, and some stuff that he said was recent stuff. I had uh, got a case in 2017, you know, they must have been sitting around talking about how I choose to spend it, So you spent up all your money, first of all, they don't even know how much it was, and if it was a million dollars, it was my money to spend, but listen to how stupid that sounds like you actually, they actually are sitting around talking about me and what I did with my money. But, you do what you want to do with your money. But what is that to talk about? What is that to talk about? Anything to look down on me. You spent some, joy yeah, but I still take care of my, I still have a roof over my head, I, but I, I ain't say off the home but it's not like I got this money and Neglected my life at home and living, and I enjoyed the money that I got. It was mine too. I don't tell you, I didn't have to buy a house. You don't even own a house. That's my sister, American dream. She didn't buy the house that she had, she stole it from the family. And let her tell it, she, you know, that makes her feel like she's better than anybody because she owned the house. But she stole it from the family after mommy died. The mountain, they have a so distorted way of thinking. They have such a distorted way of thinking. And then my brother, you know, who finally got a house of his own, had to be at Bridge was forced to get a house. At his age he did get one. You understand you know what I'm saying? And and and, and now he thinks he Oh my God, they forget that we came from the same cloth. We did the same things in the same house. But in their mind, they're better than me. Nobody's in the position, like, are you serious? So I had to tell my brother, do I was like, I said, you need to get your whole stuff together before you can talk about anybody. You know, my two daughters had lived in the room at one point together. And my other youngest daughter had became a manager on her job. So it took time for her to save and get her own. And then he threw in my face. I said, you sound so stupid. They were supposed to shack up together. Everybody does it when they're helping each other to save bills. But I didn't come from this. My siblings are used to using the opportunity to walk over you if you don't have nowhere to go. They would never invite you into their home or offer you nowhere to sleep. They would let you scramble and they could talk about you like a dog. You know, my sister had three houses and I had to go in the shelter. You know what I'm saying? My oldest daughter had a room for her and her daughter. And she invited her sister and her daughter to come there until do my sister my daughter said to someone me got home she ain't allowed her to go on no shelter but that's how stupid my family is they really think that this stuff is yeah I guess it is for me because I raised my kids that way I did not want my children to be estranged from one another like I was my brothers and sisters and then you know for the mere fact for him to even Oh, your sons, you drugs. my sons, my sons are clean. Everybody, everyone had their bout with getting high. You still get high, your sons still get high. Like, I got high, my brothers got high. Everybody got high, some people got addicted, and some people still get high for leisure. I don't, but my but my son, went he's young, growing up, experimenting, but update. Hey, go back to Full Love and tell him that my kids all have their own place my son, is raising his son. And, oh, you left your kids, you was a dead mom. Use another dummy. I left my children when they were adults. They knew I was moving to another state, and they knew every since I they were growing up. I said, "Y'all get eighteen. Y'all gonna be either working or in college. If y'all not doing either one, I'm not maintaining a home for y'all to live in. I am moving. I'm not having adults around in a home where I wanna get out of here." In hindsight, I think I did. I know that I moved too fast. Under, with our snatching from under their feet but let them talk today that forced them to be the strong people that they are now unlike you got a 30 year old son that you still dragging around never had nothing apartment and nothing and and i didn't say this to him and put down my nephew i'm saying to him the difference how could you talk about anybody when my decision to leave my children out put my children up the nest Cause they're gonna grow up and be independent when you still got your son to live around, and never having a house. And so, I asked my last son, he's hungry, I can't pull him out. And he's not gonna, you don't put him out, and he doesn't do anything to sacrifice get his own. He's 30 something years old and just leeching, don't wanna pay bills. And I'm, I'm just telling you my story. This is my story, and this is the challenges that I put up with my family when they think they're better than somebody, and their family, their children are no different. No different. Like, I had one niece. I'm not going to put no names for these because uh, I don't have to. But I had one niece really thinking that, oh, uh, this side of the family is so much better than that side of the family, the Lewis's. That's what the Lewises are. But I'm not going to name her side of the family, you know, from her father's side. But she believed that that side of the family is better than the Lewis's side of the family. Uh, no, the Nelson generation. I'm including the Nelson generation, but we're Lewis's. Get that right. Let me get it right. Her side of the family is better than the Nelson generation, just so let's everybody that's born under the Nelson. You know, and got their all-nays name, but we're still born under that Nelson. because they got this stuff together. Now, the only difference is y'all might be a little bit excelled in having the latest car. That's about it. That's about it. And how the style that you choose to dress expensive is yours, but the other side of the family got clothes. If they don't choose to be into materialistic, so high expensive things, tell me you better than them because they choose not to. They have a house over their head. They may be on a bus. You know, that's the only difference is you got a car that you got to keep two jobs and a well a whole expensive apartment and everything, and, and stuff. Dog got to keep, you know, to keep those things because you're living beyond your means just for images. You, you know what I'm saying? But the hidden secret is you're a boy had nine abortions. You hear what I'm talking about? Had nine abortions, but you can look down on somebody else. It's, it's so sad. So sad. It's really so sad. So, yeah, I called my But So, here's the part where I said, because I don't want to forget what this anchor is. Trapped in the body, controlled by a mind that don't give a damn. I am a Christian, I love the Lord, I live the most of my life daily, righteously as possible. Can but in the interim of God, raise me up to be a godly woman. The people of the world think that you have to handle things so righteously to be beyond a human. I am talking, I this is the error when the Kirk Franklin and his son situation. I don't think Kirk Franklin was wrong. He is a father, he is a man, and he got a disrespectful grown-behind son. It could have been any one of us. You know what I mean? I am not pleased with the son trying to expose him. That's how mean and wicked these people are who won't heal and get the help for their pain. He tried to expose and ruin his dad, but the backfire. More people were for Frank than him. You know what I'm saying? And that's the root of bitterness, the root of of resentment, the root of anger. When people don't heal and do take care of themselves, they do things like what my brother did, when to go down the line and talk about my kids, talk about me. And he laid up with this new girlfriend of his and talked about my addiction. Over 30 years ago, and how I found out her and I got so three words, and she started missing my life 30 years ago. And my head turned and looked right at my son, my brother. I mean, he couldn't even look up. Like, what? What? cause you to lay in the bed with your girlfriend and to talk about me. You just came to Philadelphia to get me, to bring me to Erie so I can get myself together after I lost everything, being in the coma. Your heart came to get me, but he had an agenda. So I'm new here in Erie, and you got, and you just what? you, you That's the hatred. So you was phony the whole time. Him coming to get me was a move of God. God used him to bring me here, and God is keeping me here. But my brother had a agenda to come. His genuine heart wasn't all about me. It was the apartment under him that he wanted me to move into so he could have access to that basement to put a washer and dryer in because that's the only time he could buy a washer and dryer if he had access to that basement. And the apartment under him had the basement. And, when I, and I found that out through a friend. Cause her and I was talking. Oh, your brother loves you. He's so glad you gonna move downstairs. I'm like, huh? I didn't. He didn't discuss that with me. I'm gonna go, almost wrap this up, guys, because I promised myself that I will keep these podcasts at least 45 minutes. I won't. I don't want to go into an hour because I think 45 minutes is stretching it. You know what I mean? Because I don't want people to get bored with my content. But yeah, this is what I deal with. A part of my life. As I'm trying to live, as, as I am living as righteously as I can. My mother told me to get help with your anger before anger will deal with you. And that was in uh, the year 98. My mother died that August 98. I got arrested that December of 98 for acting out on my anger. You know what I mean? And if my brother, not if my brother, he had me to the point you don't violate me. You can argue with me, but you don't come to arms reach. This is how far he went yesterday. He got up in my face and put his hand up in my face like, I'm sitting down at this point. At this point, we had all, we both calmed down. It was quiet. and calmed down. But he's still in his feelings. I know he, because he going to just walk past me as you go off to the patio. As he walked past, he put his hands up in my face, like, talks to my hand, and that my blood started boiling because you're not supposed to get that close to me without me doing anything to you. I stood up with a cup of tea I said, boy, if you lift your hand one more time in my face, I was throw this hot cup of tea in your face. Why did he do that? We had already calmed down and had already got quiet. And you, he felt like he could push the button one more time. And, 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 and if, if somebody brings you to that point where you want to hurt them physically, it's time to have that toxic thing removed out your life. Not just hurt them, even so somebody want to dig at you and go as far as they can and want to hurt you about your children everything that you experience they don't need a place in your life so he was getting his stuff ready to go to work and he had a couple little things that he was checking out he had a printer here and a couple other things and and then he was great leave by floor. i said oh no you got to take everything with you and don't come back he got the key to the apartment i didn't even ask for it don't come back i'm getting the locks changed and I'm going to the people down the street at the front door know not to let you in. Because you, as you are leaving now, I still love you. No, you don't. That's not love. That's not love. And I am so disappointed that I can't really ever find out that you are just like my other brothers and sisters. I thought that you loved me. You used to tell people that I was your favorite sister. And I would tell people that you was my favorite brother. But I found out that you are just like them. You hate me, too. And I'm so disappointed. So you are not welcome back here. Take everything you got and leave. He's like, all right, yep, Yes, toxic people, there is no place in my life for it. I don't care who you are. God guy has put me a mighty, mighty long way. You know, I am working on trying to be the best person I can. I'm working on people, forgiving people. And I cannot forgive you from the past hurt if you think you're gonna keep hurting me. So it's best that you go on about your business. Yep. and I have to repent, ask God to forgive me, you know, and not beat myself up, and just know, you, you, and be more mindful of people you let into your circle, and how far you keep them near the signs always show up. Therefore, you won't have to act out, and be trapped in a body, controlled by this mind that don't give a damn. This mind don't give a damn about your salvation and the people around you that's hurting you and want to hurt you don't care about your salvation either. No one is worth you losing your salvation and missing out on the opportunity to spend eternity in heaven with Christ Jesus. Nor do it feel good to have to keep coming in front of God and repent for some stuff that I allow myself to get caught up into, uh, let alone already have to repent on uh, the behavior that, that's just in me that, that I'm still uh, being transformed from. You know, we always have to find ourselves in the state of repentance. But to get caught up into some nonsense with someone and have to be repent, repent to, I'm not giving people that power. I would rather be here in this apartment by myself with God until he blessed people to come in my life bless all for me. And that's what I did. This morning, I got up, I anointed my house with prayer, I let all those bad spirits out between all the the workers that I had and the workers that I fired and my brother and my nephew. I invited all those spirits out of my home. And I welcome nothing but loving, caring people that are interested in me, my well-being, where I'm going, and people that I can serve as well. So we're going to keep on exposing this mind in the Christian community. Because I don't want you to be trapped, you know, in this body control that mind don't give a damn and feel guilty because you are. Okay, God understands he knows. let keep your heart Pure and clean before God. And don't let nobody hold you hostage because you are still being transformed and you may act out on those flaws. My name is Desiree Lewis. Thanks for joining in with me for another podcast. I will see you soon. I am the founder and owner of Avalanche of Grace Ministries. God bless you. Until the next time, peace. I love you. Pray for me and I will pray for you.